Hello, here we are again. This is Judith Bunting and Caroline Voden talking to you from Strasbourg. Um, this is the second week that we've been in Strasbourg in July. The first week was just to kick everything off. Uh, this week, we'll always be here in the third week of every month. It's when all the voting happens. Um, so this week, what was the main thing? You tell us, Well, the big news this week was the election of Ursula von der Leyen, the German Defence Minister, as the new President of the European Commission. And it's been quite an exciting week. Um, We first met her... Mm, Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, She's spent a couple of weeks talking to all the political groups in the parliament. And this seems to be quite an unusual thing. This is what we're hearing from other MEPs, is that this doesn't happen. It didn't happen before. So, And it's been satisfying because we've seen how she's developed and listened. I mean, she's quite a, an impressive woman. Um, but our first meeting wasn't exciting, was it? I mean, she was a little bit boring, a little bit predictable. Yeah, she just looked like a politician really and it was difficult to read her um there was a feeling maybe that she was telling us what we wanted to hear um and things seem to have changed really over over the week so she she met the renew group which is the liberal group and was really put through her paces i would say in that meeting and this is where there are the hundred renew people 108 of us and we could all ask our questions um and even i didn't get picked from the floor because i put my hand up too late or it occurred to me too late but i was able to go and ask her the question directly and she took the time to answer Mm. so that was good. And she met S&D, we hear, and yeah. the Greens and the Conservatives. So she did those those first group meetings last week in Brussels. And then this week in Strasbourg, she spoke to the plenary. Um, and she did a corking speech. And it was, it was amazing. Yeah. She spoke in three languages. She started yeah. in German. She switched to French. She switched seamlessly to English and back again. And there was a passion and lots of great ideas but before we saw her in plenary she did actually have a meeting with the Liberal Democrats. We asked to meet her specifically and so she sat down in a room with five of us um, and funnily enough all five of us were women. Um, That's our leadership group. Yeah. (laughs) She was was very pleased to see that and it was quite interesting to have six women around the table Um, and she how did she come across? She came across as a really, quite a, a really likable woman. She was approachable. She was friendly. Um, the conversation was mostly about politics, but she did stray a couple of times to, to into chat, as people do. Um, she has seven children, which is, I find, quite astonishing. And she mentioned that. I mean, it was not discussed, but she did mention it. Um yeah, so we asked her about Brexit and because for us, we wanted to look her in the whites of the eyes, really, and, and say, if we get to the stage where we're looking for an extension, will you support us? And she said Bre- a hard Brexit is a catastrophe. A hard Brexit is the worst option for all of us, and I do not want it to happen. Um, now, how much influence she actually has over that process, I don't know, but... It was really genuine and you could see that she really, really, really does not want that to happen for the sake of European countries as well as the UK. And 
So that was it, it felt good to have have had that conversation and she could see how important it was to us and and that if she wanted our support she she needed to be on side with that really. Yeah, which which is very good. The other thing before we come back to her main speech, but the question that had been bothering me was bothering me was that when you look her up online, one of the things you get is that while she was a minister of defense or was in Germany, She's had she's been investigated for financial impropriety. And that bugged me because I don't want somebody who's got a bad reputation online, whether I you know, she's innocent till proven guilty, but I don't want somebody who's got a bad reputation leading the commission mm. because it's a very important job. But we did have a chance to challenge her. So I challenged her face to face on this and you challenged her about it in, in that, the meeting. In that yeah. group meeting. And Basically, she's responsible because she was the head of the department, but it seems to be something to do with contract selection, which is not ideal, but it isn't her that seems to have been executing the, uh, if there is any malpractice, the malpractice. Is that fair? Yes. I mean, it's quite complicated and and I still haven't really got to the bottom of what happened. Somebody in the Ministry of Defence awarded a contract using the wrong process and it was quite a large contract but she said actually it, it sounds like a lot of money but it was one less than one percent of, of the budget and in the scheme of things you know it wasn't a major part of the defense budget but it, it's very unclear whether it, it was cock up or conspiracy and she wasn't going to be drawn on that because obviously it's a live process. Yeah, but but the fact that we were able to talk to her about it, and the fact that she didn't duck the issue, mm. I was fair. Well, I wasn't impressed by, but I was pleased by. Yeah, she was, was very reassured. happy to talk about it. She didn't, yeah. you know, she didn't shy away from talking about it. Yeah. Um, and when we when she came to the plenary session and she gave this blistering speech, what's so good there is that that is a commitment. You know, that isn't just telling us what we want to hear. That is something that is being broadcast around the world. It's available for everybody to see. It's available online now. You can go to the Parliament channel and find it. I don't know. We might try and find a link and post it um, on our social media. And she can be held to that. Mm. Yes, absolutely. And people say, oh, she was offering a, you know, social rights to keep the socialists and democrats happy and she was offering stuff on business to keep the EPP conservative group happy but and climate change and climate change and us happy keep the greens happy i don't think the greens were will ever be happy with <laughs> no. whatever anybody promises on climate change but i think she i th- i think it was genuine and i think she she realized that that europe's at europe's at a funny point because it it is now looking at the way these jobs are allocated and and thinking that maybe next time it needs to be done differently. Yeah. Um, and Renew Europe is leading on that. Yeah. And this is um, this is what we're really looking. It'll get confirmed next week, I think, whether mm-hmm. this is happening. But our aim through this distribution and dealing and um, and the top jobs is we want to get a conference that will go on over two or three years, led by Giva Hofstadt into looking at changing the way that the senior positions are 
um, apportioned. Mm. And that may mean that the European commissioner is uh, the head commissioner, the president of the commission is directly elected. This is certainly one idea that's being floated. There is the problem that you know, not that many people turn out for European elections anyway. You know, would people really want a direct vote on the president of the commission? Because they may not know who they are. But it would be more democratic. It would be more democratic. And you know, nobody knew who we were and, they, and we got elected. Yeah. So people work it out according to party. Can we address her party? Yeah, just before we do that, though, one thing I think it's really important to to make clear is is that having been through this process as a new MEP, I felt that we really did have a say in in Ursula's election. And, you know, the, the good old Brexit party, they just bang on and on and on about how undemocratic this place is and it's just a rubber stamping exercise and there's no point us being here and it's such a waste of money and... I really didn't feel that this week because Ursula did not have a clear majority yes. and she was going to get the votes of the EPP, the centre-right conservative group. And the Socialists and Democrats had said, already said they weren't impressed and the Greens had said they weren't impressed. And, and we weren't 100% and impressed. And we weren't on board. Yeah. And she had to work really, really hard with our group to, to, to talk to us and get to know us and get to know what were our concerns and what we want to see happen in Europe over the next five years in order to win our support. And we did talk at length in our group about whether we were going to support her. And so our group is made up of MEPs from all over Europe. And and the, there was a definite sort of split. Some countries, you could tell, were less keen on supporting her. Others were, were more keen. And and she did have to she did have to do some clever footwork to, to to bring us all on board and in the end you know we discussed it without her in the room you know amongst ourselves at length and decided that actually we would support her candidacy she's the first woman to have ever been proposed for this job which is is a good thing i mean it's not a case of oh, we're going to vote for her cuz she's a woman no but it, but no. it is a good thing and it shows a, a willingness to to contemplate change um and she she was willing to listen to, to what we wanted and, 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 and to if come she, up with ideas. Yes, and in that, in that speech, if people are saying that she was promising uh, a wide range of benefits to cover, you know, to satisfy a wide range of um, political views, well, great, you know, great. That's what she should be doing. It's worth saying that she's a conservative and the reason that she is a conservative and whoever got this job was going to be a conservative is because of this proportional way of um, allocating the choice of position. So I think we mentioned this before, but the um, European parliamentary groups are ranked according to the number of votes that they received. And the ones who got the most votes, which are the Conservatives, the EPP, they get to pick which position they would like their candidate to take. And they chose the commission. It is, you know, it is the most senior position. Um, and then the Socialists and Democrats, they also then had a, they had their choice. And then us as Renew, we had our choice. So the person who's nominated to run the European Commission was never going to be our perfect person because they weren't going to be a liberal. But in, in Ursula, what we have is a progressive conservative. She's not one of the um, stick in the mud, don't want to change anything mm. conservatives. She is looking to make changes and she's looking to act and she 
totally gets the seriousness of the climate change situation and she's looking to make massive improvements and changes in the commission and in our mm. legislation um, to support that. So so one of the things that I that swung me over in the end was that she really supports the idea of initiation from the European Parliament and what that means is that 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 we as MEPs will be able properly to initiate legislation. So if we come up with something that we think is a really good idea for a new piece of legislation, um, we will put it to the Commission. And I mean, there are there are kind of ways of doing it at the moment, but it's not a very clear process and, and it's not a sure thing. But I think that's going to be... Yeah, that will be a I big change. I think that will be brought in because I think there is a feeling that we've been elected here directly by voters. And, and you know, as in national parliaments, we should be allowed to to make laws. Um, but but just on the green thing, I mean, I think I, I felt that her commitment in, in her speech to environmental concerns sounded genuine. Yes. It sounded like she, she really knew that this is something we have to address. And uh, I got slightly frustrated with the Greens because it's never enough. You know, whatever anybody promises never seems to be enough. And I think there does have to be a certain amount of realism in you know, we can't say we're going to be carbon neutral by next year. No. Um, and one of the one of the points that's been brought up in one of my committees this week was we have to remember, whether we like it or not, that there are still nations in Europe who burn coal. Mm. And it isn't just that they burn coal. They have, in much as the way we did in the 80s, um, they have hundreds and thousands of jobs tied up in mining. And if you cast your mind back, get, changing that in Britain was painful. Mm. I mean, horrible, horrible situation. And it's one of the reasons I could never, ever vote Conservative because I came, I suppose I came to proper adulthood through that period and I was horrified mm. by the pain that was being inflicted on these communities. And these four or five countries are still dependent on coal mining. So to make that shift, what we have to do is to work with them to get them, everybody working in renewables and, and convert, as it were, their populations to renewables. Absolutely. It's but I think not it's, something you can do overnight. It's not. But I think it's interesting that Ursula comes from Germany, which, of course, is mm. a country that had to, when it reunited... They, they had to change, invest so much in e the former East Germany to, to bring it up to West German standards. And they did it and they did transform the way things were run there. And, you know, they've seen that you can bring a country along. I mean, massive investment and political will, but 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 maybe you but know, we've got to start somewhere. That's what we need to do. Yeah. So the final thing that um, the first thing that we'll be able to see whether uh, she puts her money where her mouth was, is that she has vowed and vowed in public that the commissioners, now these are senior politicians nominated by each of the mm -hmm. countries, that the commissioners will be 50-50 male-female. And that has never been the case before. And it means that she has got the will and the desire to push back if um, 10 countries put, uh, well, if more than half of the countries put uh, men forward, then she will push back and say somebody has to nominate a female commissioner. And this will have an effect on the countries as well as on the commission. Yep. And we spoke with some commissioners yesterday at a breakfast meeting and they were saying, I was very impressed, uh, Margaret Vestiger, I believe, was mm. saying that this time, this, this parliament just gone, they have had more females involved than ever before and she said it has changed 
the debate. Mm. And it's changed the way that things are done. It's changed the way that things are discussed. And it's not just the same old, same old. So um, it, I'm not trying to criticise male politicians. They are excellent and marvellous and wonderful as well. <laughs> but so are women. And it's great that she's going to get uh, 50% of the commissioners as females around that senior table. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And like you say, it changes the conversation. It changes the dynamics. And it just shakes things up a bit as well. Yeah. And, and I think we need women in these top positions because we need younger women to see that that you're not going to reach a point where your career stops, that you can actually just keep going to the top. And to have a woman leading the whole thing is it's really exciting, I think. Yes, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Mm. Yes. Uh, Margaret Vestager, sorry, this is, Margaret Vestager is one of the two vice presidents. Um, so she works along, or she will work alongside Franz Timmerman, um, as they say, eyes level. But one thing she also said was beware of any group where that you're about to join where it's all male or it's all female. And she said everybody, male, men and women, should always be willing to stand up and say, this doesn't look right. We need to make a change. You don't have to throw everything out, but you need to make a change to make sure that there's a variety of voices in every group. Mm. Yeah, really important to do that. And... Um I'm not quite sure where our five women leaders of the Lib Dem delegation <laughs> fit in that. Maybe we need an eyes level male. We definitely vice need an eyes level leave. male in that group. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we'll come back. We'll report back to you on that one. <laughs> so, um, is that it? Is that everything we have to say about the vote this week? I think it is. It okay. was exciting, and it was close. And thanks to our support. Yes. Ursula von der Leyen got the job. So. so let's see what she does. Yeah. Okay. See you next time. Bye.